0: Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today focuses back in on the U.S. industrial sector as we will cover everything from supply chain concerns to reflections on the Q2 reporting season to sector positioning and more. Joining me here for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Adam Shiner, Industrials and Materials Analyst Americas with the UBS Chief Investment office. So Adam, good morning to you. Welcome back and looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Good morning. Great to be here.
0: So, Adam, there's a lot to catch up on within the group since we last spoke. Maybe we can begin with how the Chief Investment Office is currently viewing the space. Now, I know the CIO, they recently reduced their view on U.S. industrials to neutral from moderately preferred. So, Adam, as a starting point, can you walk us through the rationale behind that shift and maybe speak to the factors, Adam, behind year-to-date performance for the industrials group?
1: Yeah, uh, the downgrade of industrials by our strategy group from a moderate overweight to neutral, was first to take some cyclicality in our positioning uh, in the strategy group down somewhat. Um, They are overweight financials and and energy as well. And we just felt that the headwinds, tailwinds right now are more balanced for industrials. Uh, This is mainly as we are moving towards a more mid-cycle environment for the markets and seeing peak fears uh, in the PMI and industrial activity persist in the near term, and that's mainly because as PMIs move from a very strong level but to, to a still expansionary but less strong level, the group usually struggles to outperform in the near term as the multiple starts to compress. Now, valuations are still somewhat above average, so that's not a major catalyst right now. Uh, so uh, where we are is neutral. I would say if we see stronger growth or valuations that are somewhat more attractive, that can make us more constructive on the sector overall. Now, in terms of year-to-date performance, the group has lagged the market about 3% year-to-date, and that's really a tale of a very strong first five months of the year as the economy really started to gain steam after the COVID lockdowns, but the group has lagged over the last few months due to, again, to fears that we are entering more mid-cycle and fears of overall peak activity. Now, I would say the Delta COVID impact also hasn't helped areas of the group like aerospace recently as well, and has contributed to some lagging the market uh, since uh, Delta has really picked up steam. Uh, So far this year, the machinery, building products, and construction stocks have been the strongest. Uh, with the transportation and aerospace areas lagging the most.
0: Okay, so Adam, now that we have a better sense in terms of how we got to where we are today with respect to -to year-to-day performance, the factors that have been driving performance, maybe we can look forward a bit. So Adam, on a going-forward basis, what would you say are the risks to be mindful of specific to U.S. industrials, and what is your performance outlook for the group for the balance of the year, Adam?
1: I would say in terms of risk, the obvious one is if that growth were to slow more precipitously than we expect. Uh, if we see the PMI manufacturing indexes pull back further, uh, further closer to more of a, a slowdown recession level, uh, that could put earnings growth at, at risk. That doesn't seem likely right now as the Fed is more worried about inflation and growth being too fast. But I would say if the COVID variants do impact growth, or issues with getting labor and supply chain, et cetera, do slow growth more than is forecasted, that's a risk for the sector. Uh, The other risk highlighted is the supply chain. We are seeing problems get worse in the supply chain through increasing delays at the ports that are now the highest all year and are impacting rail volumes, which could cause a shortage of goods and higher costs in terms of logistics uh, and just more scarce products that could drive up raw material costs in the back half of the year now this wasn't helped by hurricane ida although that doesn't seem to have a huge impact but it does show that another storm coming uh... if that were to happen could further really exacerbate uh... problems in the supply chain i would say nothing uh, about this is really factored into the company's outlook as far as labor getting getting worse or supply shortages getting worse um, that would be a further negative negative. and then finally china slowdown is is a risk i'd highlight here uh we have seen the economy and manufacturing activity in china moderate in recent months uh some is the recent lockdowns from covid are hindering activity again and i would say given how important china is to the supply chain and overall global industrial growth growth a faster slowing here would be incremental negative to our base case we've seen china pmis pull back somewhat in recent months so that does bear watching across the country, uh, although they do look like they're taking actions to, to boost credit uh, to stabilize uh, activity. Now, in terms of performance for the rest of the year, uh, we, again, are looking more in line with market performance. However, the risk we outlined, again, can't get worse, or we could see some underperformance. Now, a lot depends on working out these issues in the supply chain and the spread of Delta variant getting more under control here uh, for the group to to continue to perform I think in line with the market now with overall prior waves of infection, we expect to see the variant Delta variant peaking out here in the next couple of weeks or, or month. Uh, And we would expect to see uh, a bounce back in the Aero aerospace and airline group in the fourth quarter. So that's one area that, that um, we think we can get better performance uh, in the second half. Now peak fears could keep pressure on the early cycle areas for a bit further But again, as we get closer to 2022 and get more visibility there, that should help second-half performance as well. Maybe not this quarter, but I think as we head deeper into the second half, getting visibility on 22 – I think, is also beneficial uh, for the group overall.
0: Helpful to have some clarity in terms of where the group is heading. And Adam, you mentioned quite a few risks, no shortage of them. I know supply chain is very top of mind at the moment. Another consideration that's top of mind, a legislative developments occurring down in Washington, D.C. I know you've been tracking this very closely. We've been seeing a lot of momentum surrounding bipartisan infrastructure. So Adam, what's currently in play and what are some potential implications of an infrastructure bill moving forward to the industrials group?
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in the news, the infrastructure bill uh, did get a boost recently as the Senate, U.S. Senate voted to pass an over $1 trillion uh, infrastructure bill with nearly $550 billion in new spending. And that's focused more on what is traditional or hard infrastructure with spending on roads, bridges, water transportation, and the electric grid. And also includes some spending on some green initiatives like electric vehicles and and broadband. Now that's about 30 billion smaller than was discussed about a month ago and is far short of the over 2.2 trillion originally proposed by the Biden administration. But I would say even though it is smaller, some additional spending would still be positive. Uh, Now, we do view this spending as not broad-based enough to help the industrial sector outperform on its own, hence, again, our neutral view, but it would be a material step of its spending for companies that are exposed to these infrastructure areas. Now, now really, in in terms of the bill, the devil is in the details here, uh, as usual, and and we should see the the potential bill uh, as specifically positive for areas such as the road aggregate stocks, steel, and most directly, the engineering and construction companies. The bill touches on many areas of engineering and construction through water transport, road and highway spending. Uh, I would say the additional spending is also not reflected in companies' guidance and would re- would represent upside. Although this spending is not likely to in- impact the affected companies for at least about twelve months until the projects are defined. But again decently positive now why this is good news the passage of the bill isn't a done deal as house speaker nancy pelosi has pledged that the house will not take up this infrastructure bill unless the senate also passes a separate three and a half trillion dollars spending bill uh, that also includes other areas such as environmental health care and education spending now the larger spending bill has complete opposition from the republican party and some conservative democrats uh, so it is getting some pushback uh overall and and that is somewhat of a risk as far as if, if nancy pelosi does stick to her pledge will the house not vote or vote down this this infrastructure bill so that's something to look forward uh look forward to as far as what the house does uh we still think that uh the democrats need a win here so when push comes to shove that this uh, hard infrastructure bill at a minimum will go through um and i think movement here from the senate to the house is positive uh but again it's still it's still a way to go go here to get the final passage uh, of this bill done,
0: it sounds like uh, Adam that there are some positive implications of a bill moving forward to the group. Though to your point, it's not a done deal. It sounds like the next few weeks will be crucial, so we'll see how things play out uh, down in D.C. Perhaps something we can follow up on in future conversations. I do want to take a moment, Adam, get your thoughts, reflections on the Q2 reporting season. Now, broadly speaking, it was a very impressive quarter. A uh, beat out a lot of street expectations. But specific to U.S. industrials, Adam, how did the group fare relative to your expectations heading into the reporting season?
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of versus expectations, the second quarter earnings overall were decently stronger than expected. Within the sector, over 80% of companies did exceed expectations. Sales growth did well and was better than expected. Uh, With with growth overall in the mid-teens and good earnings leverage that more than offset uh, the raw material and labor inflation people were concerned about for the quarter i would say uh... that is positive and strength was across the board with energy and aero still weak but better than expected uh... and margins did again hold up uh... hold up pretty well as companies did increase price and increase productivity to offset the overall cost inflation uh... without it impacting overall earnings Now i would highlight here the stocks did not outperform on this and that's mainly because while things are strong now, they will be somewhat less strong in the quarters to come. Uh, sales growth and earnings are at peak levels right now, uh, which has a lot of investors' concern, and are waiting to see a pullback, I think, to get more aggressive here uh, going forward. Uh, the August PMI uh, that came out yesterday did hold in well, and new orders remain very strong. Uh, so with inventories low, we could still see a strong industrial market Uh, for a while at at these levels. So I would say the takeaways from second quarter earnings was that the environment is still pretty strong for industrials with earnings better and likely to continue to be better than expected as the sales momentum continues to be faster than predict- predicted. But with the supply chain, the big unknown here as COVID and labor issues are a risk in the second half.
0: Perhaps we can end on positioning again at the top of the conversation. You mentioned that the chief investment office has a neutral view on U.S. industrials. But if we get a bit more granular within the group, what are your subsector preferences at this time?
1: I think in terms of positioning right now, Uh, We still like the aerospace and airline group on a bounce back here after underperforming on the Delta variant, curbing air travel in the near term. Uh, As with prior waves of infections, this should crest out, we think, as we get into the fall. And the airline stocks in particular are back to levels when airline air travel was very much more depressed than we're seeing now. And so we think the names are somewhat oversold on fundamentals. Uh, If we don't get another spike... Uh, we expect leisure to turn back up and corporate activity to finally see some life as people start returning back to work and and see that improving corporate activity improving as we get into 2022. Now, this is the one area in the market in the sectors that are well below normal. Uh, so we get we we see this as attractive as we uh, get activity uh, returning back to normal over the next months and, and years. And and we do like the aftermarket. Uh, subsector industry within aero uh, the best as we think they will capitalize quickest on a return to improved air travel. Uh, we also continue to like the rails. Uh, the second quarter proved to be strong for the rails with pricing and volumes leading the way. And it's also important that costs remain well managed despite the recent bottlenecks with the supply chain. Now we expect service pressures uh, on volume to, to linger in the near term, but look at this as more of a temporary issue as the congestion's worked out uh over the next couple of months, and as the backlog at the western port uh, moderates. So we see both bull- pullbacks in the near term uh, as an opportunity. As we expect margins for the rails to continue to expand in twenty one and twenty two, as volume is balanced back faster than cost which should lead to double-digit earnings growth uh, this year and into next year. And then finally, we are more selective in the capital goods area, hence our our neutral rating, Uh, but we do like companies with more self-help in terms of restructuring, uh, focus on margin improvement, uh, the rebound in energy, or M&A, to to boost growth uh, going forward.
0: Well, Adam, it was a very productive conversation today. Great catching up with you. Uh, Several items we touched on. uh, We'll be curious to see how they progress, namely infrastructure legislation, what comes of those negotiations in D.C. So looking forward to some follow-up conversations. Though, Adam, thank you again for your time and insights today. Appreciate it, as always. Thank you. And again, today we've been joined by Adam Shiner, Industrials and Materials Analyst Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on ubs.com forward slash cio, including, of course, the publication which Adam has been making reference to during our conversation today the most recent u.s industrials equity preference list update this was updated as of august 23rd so for clients of ubs you can contact your financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of that publication directly top of the morning is part of the ubs market moves podcast channel which is available where podcasts are found including on itunes spotify TuneIn.